and welcome back to Political Debrief. I'm your host, Josh Oliverio. Today, we're talking about mandate letters. More specifically, the Supreme Court of Canada ruling that Premier Doug Ford doesn't have to release his. This court case originated from an access to information request filed by CBC News that was declined by the Ontario government. The Ontario government took the case all the way to the highest court in Canada, arguing that these are cabinet documents and that they should not be allowed to be released publicly. To talk about this ruling and what significance it has and why mandate letters even matter, I'm joined today by Rob Benzi, the Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Hope you enjoy our conversation now. Rob Benzi, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Josh. So first of all, do you want to just give us kind of uh, an overview? What are mandate letters and why are they typically released to the public? Uh, well, they're not typically released to the public. Uh, at least they weren't until a few years ago. Uh, mandate letters is a relatively new thing in Canada. But uh, when Mike Harris was the premier in the 1990s, they gave marching orders to cabinet ministers uh, here at um, at Queen's Park. And they were just, you know, outlining the kind of their tasks and what their expectations were. And this continued through Ernie Eves' premier, then uh, Dalton McGinty was premier. And most people really didn't even know about the existence of mandate letters until 2014 when Kathleen Wynne made a big production of releasing them. And, and then we could see what each minister's tasks were supposed to be. She did this just after winning that election that summer. And I, I mean, it, and there were some stories done on them at the time because it was interesting that they were being released. And I think what happened was because she had released them in 2014 and then again in 2016 uh, after a cabinet shuffle, um, I think that led people to believe that they were always going to be released. Um, and when Justin Trudeau was elected in 2015, he followed her lead and, and released the, his mandate letters. And I, having read federal and provincial mandate letters, they are really just glorified press releases, especially if they're if they're written for public consumption, as Kathleen Wynne's and and Justin Trudeau's were. Uh, I don't. I mean, and the Doug Ford uh, cabinet uh, mandate letters that were eventually leaked to Global News in 2023. Um, his letters from 2018. There's nothing salacious or interesting in them. So I'm, I don't know why Mr. Ford didn't just release them. But for whatever reason, when he came into office in 2018, uh, he said he wasn't going to release them, reporters asked, and CBC filed an, a Freedom of Information request, as is their right, to try to get those letters. And uh, the government fought them. Uh, the Privacy Commissioner sided with the with the CBC. And so did the two lower courts here in Ontario and before it went to the Supreme Court. And then it was actually crushed in a seven to nothing decision um, that was written by um, Madam Justice Andromache uh, Karakastanis, who used to be the Secretary of Cabinet here in Ontario. So she was the head of the public service. So she actually knows a lot about how government works and how cabinets work. And I think because of her expertise of knowing how government there is a need for confidentiality in government to get discussions. I mean, she she wrote a very persuasive brief and all of her colleagues agreed with it. Do you see this as changing any sort of the precedence when it comes to mandate letters? Like, do you foresee that all of a sudden we're going to see mandate letters that might have been thought to be going to be released publicly that now just aren't? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I think 
depending on who wins the next election, I mean, Bonnie Crombie, the liberal leader, said right away that if she's elected and becomes premier in 2026, she'll release her minister's mandate letters. And I can predict that those letters, if she becomes premier, will be similarly full of lofty platitudes and vague, you know, directions. I mean, I think the problem with for Ford is this was a communications problem as much as anything else. He looked sneaky and secretive by not putting them out there, even though there was nothing much in them. And I think because of that, everyone's imaginations went wild. I mean, Twitter, which is a notoriously unreliable place to get any news or information, you would have thought that the caramel secret was buried in these in these letters. Uh, And, you know, he's going to pave the green belt and it'll be a mandate letter. I mean, Unfortunately, for people who don't know anything about Ontario politics or don't know anything about politics, mandate letters are not binding. So you could you don't have to put anything in a mandate letter. I mean, a minister can do things beyond what's in a mandate letter and they cannot achieve everything that is in a mandate letter. It's not you know, it's not a legal document or anything like that. So I think I think but that got lost on a lot of people. Um, I mean, I was astounded at how the mandate letter uh, canard almost became this huge deal. And you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars in legal fees from the public treasury, you know, on both, whether it's, whether it's a a, a, a broadcaster or in the government, that's a lot of money spent um, on proving a point. And the precedent that would have been set, Josh, if, if the ruling had gone the other way would be that there wouldn't be a secrecy, potentially, potentially the precedent would have been that there is no such thing as cabinet secrecy or cabinet confidentiality. Look, as a reporter, I don't mind that. But as a as a uh, uh, someone who believes in logic and rational thinking, I think that I could see the problems with that because what you do is you'd get people wouldn't write anything down. Government would be done over the phone. It would be even more shadowy. Or you'd get people performing so that every time a cabinet minister said something in cabinet, it was like speech meant for public consumption. So it wouldn't be a candid, honest debate. It would be. Uh, platitudes and and performance and I and that and that's problematic I think just as when I'm writing a news story I don't think all of my notes on every single interview should be made public right away I need to to uh, distill it down I need to curate the story in, in in a way and and get the facts get all the facts and I think the problem there is a problem nowadays that everyone thinks freedom of information requests are automatically newsworthy no matter what you get from them and I think that's that, that's not necessarily how you get news. I mean, the guys at Global News who ended up getting the mandate letters didn't get them by an FOI. They got them by doing their legwork and talking to people and having sources and ferreting out information. Um, Watergate was not broken by FOIs. It was broken by legwork and people talking. And at the end of the day, journalism is about a lot of different things. Freedom of information requests for 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 stuff that governments don't want out there is for sure valuable, but it is not the only thing that's valuable. Let's change gears a little bit and talk about reaction. Um, you mentioned Ontario Liberal leader Bonnie Crombie, but what are uh, what's Mike Shri- who what's Mike Schreiner and Mart Stiles saying about this? So Mike Schreiner, the Green leader, was saying that this is a bad precedent. He's worried about it. Um, Mart Stiles says because the government has so many problems and is so is seen as 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 kind of shadowy in any way because of the Greenbelt uh, land swap fiasco. That's a scandal that's currently under investigation from the RCMP. So uh, Marge Stiles was saying, look, this is what what else are they trying to hide? And frankly, this is where the, the conservatives of Doug Ford have had a problem because the optics 
for them are that they are doing things that the public doesn't know what's doesn't really know what's happening behind the scenes. And I think that's a fair assessment. That's a fair it's a fair criticism. Um, the thing is, though, if Marge Stiles or Bonnie Crombie or, or Mike Schreiner become premier, they are going to want to consult with their cabinet without everyone knowing every single consultation. And I think that's where they have they're going to run into problems because there's going to be some things that necessary that cabinet confidentiality confidentiality is necessary and i think that's something that they're going to have to wrestle with but i'm sure those are the kind of problems that they would love to wrestle with because it would mean that they're the premier and ford is not you mentioned um what the ndp was saying but i think it's kind of interesting because you you raised an interesting point or the ndp i guess raised an interesting point how um the uh, PCs are in a little bit of ethics trouble right now on a couple fronts. Um, how much do you think that this is this mandate letter um, fiasco is going to harm their reputation, maybe long term? Does it have any impact? Uh, I don't think it has any impact, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, the the ruling was it's the first time they've won at the Supreme Court. So in that way, it was a good news story for them. And um the people who were following this closely uh are more obsessed with it than those of us who actually get paid to cover this stuff so i'm not sure it causes them any reputational harm the tories have far bigger problems than the mandate letters well i've got you for 30 seconds do you want to just give us kind of um a look to 2024 at Queens Park. You know, it's we're about a month and a half in now. But what what's going to be the key thing that people needs to people need to watch um, from the Ontario government over the next year? Well, I mean, we're still watching the Greenbelt scandal. I mean, the RCMP is investigating. If charges come this year, um, and and it's someone you know either close to or 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 tangentially near. Uh, the Ford government, then that's going to be problematic for the premier. Um, and certainly the opposition parties are banking on something happening. Uh, but again, RCMP investigations, they don't have a timeline like an election calendar. So it could be next year. It could be the year after. Um, the next election is still, you know, almost a little more than two years away. So they, the Tories have a lot of time to recover if there are um if there are charges this year, but if the if there are charges and it's someone who could be considered linked to Ford in some way, uh, and it's in late 2025, then this that then that will have cause them big problems in the election. What about a cabinet shuffle? Because there there have been a couple minor cabinet shuffles um, by Premier Ford, mostly to fill vacancies or whatever. Um, but what about a more large scale overhaul uh, of the cabinet? Um. I, I, yeah, maybe in the summer or in June. I mean, they've had they had um, they had kind of a, a flurry of them last summer because uh, Steve Clark and Monty McNaughton and Khalid Rashid all left for for, for different reasons. Um, Monty McNaughton voluntarily, uh, the other two less so perhaps. Um, but I mean, cabinet shuffles are like I, I like a, they're a a chance for a government to reboot and and to reset but i don't think in the broader public that they have that much of imp impact on voter intention it's not like people are going to say oh so and so is the minister of widgets now so i'm now i'm going to vote for this party you know i just i don't think that's how it works all right awesome rob benzie thanks so much for taking the time for me today my pleasure josh 
And that's it for this episode of Political Debrief. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I would invite you to check out the blog post down below, and I've included the link to the Global News released mandate letter. So if you want to check out what we're talking about, I would invite you to do that. You can also check out the YouTube version if that's something that interests you. I'll link that down below. That's all from me for now. See you next time.